0: The best part? You can try Audible free for 30 days and get your first audiobook on them. It's a great way to experience storytelling while supporting this podcast. To get started, go to thenextreel.com slash audible or text the reel to 500-500. Listen to incredible audiobooks and support the show today. That's thenextreel.com slash audible.
1: next reel, everybody. I'm Pete Wright, and that there is Andy Nelson. Home team. (laughs) And we spoil movies. I can tell how this is going to go tonight. Tonight (laughs) on the show, we're taking it to the street with Tommy Gunn in Rocky 5. From a million to one shot, he became a true champion of the world.
0: Now, the glory because of the continuous violent
1: blows to the head the effects are irreversible the crowds my
0: husband is retired he has nothing more to prove
1: and the money are gone you lost millions look i still got my place in the old neighborhood his title is in the hands of a new champion
0: he might win a few fights but he's no rocky balboa man to fight and if he refuses then you gotta insult him you gotta dog him you gotta humiliate him you gotta do whatever you got to do to get him into that ring Tommy, tell me you're a piece of garbage you know that
1: andy i can tell by just just a brief scan of the notes that you contributed <laughs> tonight how this is going to go but i'd like to open with a rhetorical question and i mean that in the truest sense of the word this is a question that i believe demands a rhetorical debate right? It demands an argument. Okay. I contend that Rocky five is a better movie than the world remembers it to be. And part of the reason that it is so wildly maligned is because it is on the heels of Rocky four, which is a substantially worse film. So, okay.
0: There's no robot.
1: Point point Chalk for it up Rocky to five. an early win. <laughs> <laughs>
0: point, point for Rocky Five. Uh, the okay. Here's the thing because I I thought about this quite a lot uh, after the film and actually quite a lot uh, of, of it during the film as I was watching this because I kept scratching my head wondering what the heck I was watching. Rocky Four is a very entertaining story. It has a ton of problems, just story problems and and just all sorts of stuff luckily a third of the film is montage so you just kind of speed through it because you're just kind of watching retreads of things and then it's all about this this really kind of energetic memorable fight at the end Um, Mm -hmm. i i can see why people would fall for that and, and enjoy the film because it's a it's a very engaging film it's not necessarily good, but it's engaging and entertaining and it draws you in. This film, I can I can see what your point is. There is a much more interesting story going on under kind of the, the mess of what this film is. I think Stallone had some really interesting <laughs> no, ideas. Think. he did he had some really interesting ideas that he He totally did i'm actually
1: complaining that you actually buried the buried
0: your point with the mess that this film is i hear you baiting the jury it's but that's i'm not it is a complete mess of a film it's just a disaster but And and I think that's what frustrates me about it, because I, I really liked the ideas that Stallone was trying to do here, the ideas that he was presenting. Unfortunately, if there ever was an example of why he needed to step down from writing and kind of pass off his story ideas to somebody who was a seasoned writer who really could have brought this story to life and really made it shine, this would be that film. The writing was such a mess. The characters, I mean, he's ruined all of the characters. They were all awful in this film. Uh, maybe not all of them, but for the most part, they were awful. I just, I did not like what he did with the the bulk of these characters and the new characters that he introduced. It was so frustrating because everybody was once just so transparent and one-sided and they lacked subtext and there was just conversations where everything was on the nose and it was the whole thing, I mean, the 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 end of the film was telegraphed like a mile away and it just it made for a very frustrating story because I could see what he was trying to do. And I felt like if he had kind of had a writing team come in and take his ideas and write something, it could have been a really fitting finale for this uh, character and this franchise, at least up, up to 1990.
1: You know, I think
0: I I think we're going to agree
1: on uh, the 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 sort of the the individual points, the bullets. I'll agree and just disagree on the grade. You are using some wildly hyperbolic language about how bad and how messy and how awful this film is and how terrible the characters are. And I just don't agree with that, that the the (laughs) sort of emotional weight that you're putting on. the Yeah, it's got some issues. Yeah, it's got some problems. Yeah, some continuity issues. Really set the thing off in the on the wrong foot uh, uh, at the very beginning. But does this film have an interesting uh, sort of uh, texture to it? Does the film finally deliver a Mickey that we've always wanted? Oh. Weirdly, in flashback after he's dead. Sure, but we get him right. Does this movie actually <laughs> give us a, a kind of an interesting father-son uh, sort of thing? That honestly, weirdly, I'd kind of forgotten, uh, and and I found it really pretty hard heartwarming the, the the relationship that they had. And uh, the street fight uh, with the kids was arguably better than the street fight at the end. <laughs> so I think it's got some interesting <laughs> stuff going on there. Does Tommy Gunn, uh, c- could Tommy, uh, uh, you know, act? Could he pull it off? Uh, was part of the reason that you see it as transparent um because this guy was a boxer and not a trained actor um i i would submit that 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 might be true does that make it any less fun to watch them kind of go through even though we know where it's going uh because we're lover of movies we're lovers of movies and we've seen all the rocky movies now and we kind of know how this song goes yeah i think we i think it's still good i think it's still fun and i think this movie is um is wildly uh, overly disregarded uh and and uh, underrated, I think it's better than uh than the credit it is given, maybe not much, but it's better
0: well, I'm glad you think so <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Uh,
1: it, where would yeah. you
0: like to begin tearing this movie apart? I guess let's just talk about the the characters that we've known and loved over the last four films and and uh, who are returning here and see how they uh, how they stack up. You want to do that? Can we? uh, Yeah, I do. And I I would like to
1: actually start with Adrian, uh, because I think Talia Shire was given a a very challenging uh, job in this movie and and I mean that like literally Talia Shire the actress I I think she was struggling at this movie and I think we see it on screen uh that she was uh she was exhausted right reports are that she was physically and emotionally and mentally exhausted because you, you know this giant franchise had her working on Rocky at the same time that she was flying back and forth working on the Godfather part 3 and I think that level of exhaustion um uh, you know impacted her here. She looks uh, notably different than she did in the movie prior, even though this thing is supposed to um, uh, you know, it it starts up kind of right after the the last movie uh ends. So I, I think we I, I think we I struggle with her a little bit. Um even though I find her character as we get into the swing of the film, her character, we see more of her as mom. Um and even though this is a, 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 you know, this is sort of a an emotional angle that we've seen before in other movies, there wasn't anything that really I, I feel like brought us um, anything new or innovative. I still enjoyed seeing how she worked to hold, try to hold the family together.
0: Interestingly, I had not pieced together the fact that the that uh, she was actually doing this in Godfather Part Three at the same time, and so that actually yeah. is an interesting. Uh, An an interesting thing to bring up is the fact that how exhausted she perhaps was. Because I did find that this felt, I I don't want to say phoned in, but it didn't feel as... um, uh, Resonant. Yeah, there wasn't as much resonance with the role. Also, I just, I do feel that... it just goes to the script. I just don't feel that the character was as strongly written. Not that she was that strongly written in some of the last several films. I think that she has been an area that has um, uh, Sylvester Stallone has struggled with a little bit as far as the writing. I think mm-hmm. it's an interesting relationship that he's developed here. But I do kind of get frustrated with this. Uh, just, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like it's just this. Uh, I, I'm not even sure one sidedness is the way to describe it, but just she doesn't want him to box. She's always struggling through that. But I feel like there's a a, a level to that that never grows, I guess. Yeah. I, I, maybe stagnant is the right word. Oh, that's I, a great word.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's a, because you kind of feel like this is
0: an issue. We should have resolved a couple of movies ago. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I think that for me is the thing here that that was frustrated. And if anything needed to be developed better in this film, it's the it's the family relationship because this film is the the family story is so important here. And that was something that I felt kind of got left by the wayside as he. Um, I mean, I I liked actually that he really focused a lot on this this kind of this dual son kind of story, the relationship with Tommy versus the relationship with his son, um, even though it's it's flawed. But I I felt like I needed more from Adrian. And when there were issues happening with uh, between father and son, I just felt like I wasn't getting anything more from her other than kind of a, 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 a a an empathetic look. Uh, As she would kind of look at her son and and something like that. And I'm like, I I want more from her. Like one of those, this movie could have had a great scene after uh, after young Rocky Jr. is frustrated and uh, have Adrian come into the bedroom and just kind of have a sit, sit down and conversation with her son a little bit about it and show us some of that. Um, that would have been a nice moment to have and and we didn't get that and I just don't think Stallone ever really quite was able to write Adrian as well as she needed to be by the time we got to this film.
1: I absolutely agree with you there. And I think by the time we hit this movie and maybe it's one of these things that, uh, you know, we should have called (laughs) this is a a character we should have called time of death on a couple of movies ago. I feel like I give it the benefit of the doubt uh, to this film. Uh, We learned that, in fact, uh, really Stallone can't write this maternal character he just can't he got lucky in the first movie and the second movie perhaps um but the third movie we were still hanging on the fourth movie was a struggle this movie it's there it was just finally fool me fool me once whatever <laughs> fool me five times really now that's on you so right. um uh, i i think that's too bad and and we'll see in uh in, in you know Rocky Balboa uh, what ultimately happens with his relationship with, uh, with Adrian after all of this. And I, I can't wait. It's like the punchline at the end of a six-movie joke, and I really can't wait to have that conversation. Uh, so <laughs> I'm sorry to Talia Shire, who worked pulled did the, the yeoman's work on both of these giant franchises and um, ended up sort of struggling here. So yeah, uh, yeah. time to go watch Godfather 3. Um, okay, <laughs> how about Paulie?
0: I was going to lose my mind with Polly in this one. <laughs> I thought his relationship with the robot was bad. That was, the, I would easily take that over this. First of all, he's he's written as like an idiot, like this idiot, um, uh, just kind of brother-in-law that can't do anything right and is unapologetic about it and uh and like screws up their lives he's still living with them i'm like what what is going on with polly like he he also has stagnated like he he hit that point where he was kind of working for rocky but he never moved out he never got married he never did anything and now he's just like this useless bum who apparently is put in charge of of like the the accounting and the legal work and i'm like what is going on this is like terrible and It was so frustrating. And then all of a sudden he's the one who oddly becomes like the, the source of uh, assistance for young Rocky jr. And I liked that side of him kind of like that Mm -hmm. uncle Polly helping him out. But again, Uh, and uh, it makes sense actually coming from Polly more than Adrian. That's the sort of like nurturing I wanted to see from Adrian that she was kind of giving young Polly or young, uh, young Rocky jr. Something. Um, But I don't know. I just was so disappointed with everything they did with Polly in this, that it just, it frustrated me to no end because he just, he's, he's grown from a character who had some really interesting moments over the first three films. The fourth film, he started becoming like just kind of this, this goofball and and he'd say lines that seemed like they meant something only to be realized later that it was just a setup for a joke this film it's like his character was there just as the butt of the joke and it just it really <laughs> infuriated me
1: uh, yeah, on all those, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't moved to to such uh, furious anger as a result. Uh, I I feel like he was uh, underused, and at this point, the thing that saddens me about paulie's relationship in this movie with everybody is that I just feel like he's he's kind of earned more as Burt Young, the actor, as the sort ah, of, absolutely. Uh, you know, I just I feel like he has so much more depth to offer and the character was just written one dimensionally. Uh, and and I find that frustrating. Um, so, you know, while I agree with you, I also know that that, you know, he's part of his purpose is to set up this weird vein of Stallone's writing that we have to have a character in here. That's for the jokes uh, and they're, they're not great jokes. For me, I don't really connect, <laughs> <laughs> connect with these jokes, but I know that Stallone, you know, he's written him intentionally like that. So does he serve that purpose? Yeah, he, he's the character that serves that purpose. Do I want more out of him? Absolutely. Uh, I want more out of him. And uh, and, and I feel like we're, we're running out of runway uh, for Burt Young's character to redeem what we got out of, you know, Rocky wanted to very
0: much. Uh, uh, how about uh, young Rocky Jr.? We got a new actor. Yeah, this is Sage Stallone, and I actually, it was, uh it, it's this, is, it's an odd choice continuity wise because this story takes place immediately after Rocky Four, yet now the kid is five years older. It it was, uh I actually, I I really appreciated the choice. I thought he was great here, despite the continuity. I guess. In the end, I liked the kid enough. Where I was like, you know what? Forget the continuity. This was a, this was a better choice to go with. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Sage actually carried his part well. He does a great job for kind of the youthful role. I uh, he's not always given the best writing to work with, but I think he actually carried it pretty well. And I think I I don't know. I have a hard time looking at this um, through uh, through just completely. Uh, kind of the eyes of the audience just watching the character because I do also see the relationship between Stallone and his own son who's playing the role. And mm-hmm. I was so touched by the scenes when he's like talking to his son and putting, tucking his son in. And I could just feel the love between father and son. It just, it, it warmed my heart. I just love those moments and it broke my heart knowing what happened to Sage. Um, years later when he uh, died from his, uh, I can't remember which heart disease he had, but I think it was arthrosclerosis, right? Yeah, just just try to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's he did. He died
1: from a cardiac uh, uh, issue that he had going on, and he was. It was one of those where he his they found his body after days in yeah. in his uh, home, and he was surrounded by prescription drugs. But it was kind of a his death was one of those like Hollywood deaths that was a little bit redemptive because it was a real health condition. Um, yeah, it and was, it wasn't yeah. an OD. It was, this was legit heartbreaking, like didn't catch this, this real cardiac issue. And, and, um, uh, you know, he was a, he was a good kid in this movie. He was a solid actor. And, and I feel like
0: he was, he was absolutely taken too soon. Very much so. And it just, it it made it that much harder to watch because I just, I really enjoyed the connection between father and son here. And that was the story. And I I liked that element of the story. It wasn't always written very well, but I really did appreciate that Stallone was pushing for that here. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we even talked about that relationship a little bit in the last film because of that whole idea of being a father who is a boxer raising a son and kind of what that says to that kid and i didn't even realize that that's where we were going to with this film but here we have rocky jr who is uh, starting to get in fights at school and and all of that sort of stuff and i'm like it's here we go this is it and i just i it, it that side of it never went the way that I wanted it to, and and maybe some of that was intentional because obviously he wasn't paying attention; he was focused on on Tommy. But still, I I uh, I I think that that was where what strength I found in this film. That was where it was. We have to
1: talk about our ultimate. Uh, well, he's not really the ultimate uh, antagonist. The team of antagonists we have here in in Duke. Now, I uh, in Duke and and ultimately Tommy. Um, I, I want to talk first about Duke because Duke was. is is on the nose too strong
0: oh no he's sitting (laughs) right on the end of it it's it's Pinocchio's nose that he's on here. <laughs> he's, he's, he's about to do a swan dive off of Pinocchio's nose. No, absolutely not. Yeah, Duke was so frustrating. It's so nonsensically big. And the way that it's written, it can work as a character if it's written better. When he comes in and interrupts that press conference at the beginning, I'm just like rolling my eyes. And this is like five minutes into the movie. I'm like, oh, really? This is how we're going to start this thing? It was it was rough. Just. Just so rough, and so that's what frustrated me the most about it. Did you find anything redemptive in the
1: overall arc though when when I'm talking about now duke and and the way Tommy and Duke come together and and Tommy's arc over the course of the movie? did you find that interesting
0: i okay before I talk to speak to Tommy, I will say the element of Duke that I did find appealing was actually how the entire fight at the end worked i wasn't i i totally saw a mile away that he was going to end up fighting tommy that that was where we were going with this whole thing but i didn't expect it to turn into a street brawl that was a nice surprise and i liked how it it turned into that unintentionally it felt like but in a way it worked so well i thought for for it to be written that way where rocky um took it there and and left mm-hmm. it there to to basically spit in the face of everything that Duke was trying to get out of them and because yeah, I mean yeah. because he he says he 's doing it for the money he doesn 't care about you he doesn't care about me, all he cares about is the money, and so here they are doing it in the street. That was very redemptive for me, and I was thrilled that he he um he punched him at the end all of that worked so i I really thought that was a smart. Uh, a a smart way for Stallone to uh, finish the script.
1: I'm glad to hear you say that, because to me, you know, this is a movie where we have this formula that we are now very well accustomed to. Right. We know exactly how this movie is going to start and ultimately how it's going to end. And we've seen it, you know, four other movies uh, now running. And so I'm looking for what is different about Rocky five. What is the unique? Thing that is going to take us over the hump, that's going to give us something new to to talk about, to think about, and I think that that the you know taking the fight to the street, to removing the rules, to taking us in many ways back to you know Rocky's character as a brawler, and that's so much what this movie is about, right? It's it's going to take us back to Philly, and it's going to put us in this in Rocky's old place, and to see how this guy who has now lost everything, uh, you know, relates to these old, to his old stomping grounds, his old roles, right? His old habits, and this is who he was. He was a brawler. He was a knee-breaker. He was was the guy um, on the streets that you were afraid of, and to put him in his uh, in his element against this guy who's an absolute brick house otherwise, but uh, you know doesn't know how to fight in the streets and is just you know he's he that to have their mentor mentee relationship sort of broken up as a result of these roles changing in the in the night. Uh, I think is I think that part is something that that has me really excited about this movie. I, I like that it is something that's that's different, that's new. Um, you know, exploring what these characters look like in in very old stomping ground
0: well and i I agree but i will say one thing that stood out to me as kind of a head scratcher was how did rocky learn to fight like this like he was doing street fight moves that i was like this is not boxing fighting like these are not moves that he's been using if he did use them when he was young we never saw them
1: we didn't see them that's right and 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 all of a sudden
0: he's doing these things i'm like this 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 does not speak to me of the rocky that i know this is just stuff getting thrown in here to all of a sudden look cool because we need now need to show some interesting moves
1: that that i i agree with and and in in that regard the moves themselves were unearned uh um, yeah. you know he was doing some fancy fancy <laughs> like things. dropping
0: and rolling grabbing him dropping, and dropping lots of around. dropping and rolling <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> you look at you look at Valboa you don't think that's a guy that can drop and roll <laughs> that that's not what you think you think you know blunt force trauma and yeah. uh uh so I you know but I think they they you know that's a good direction for them to go if if we buy it because you have to put something different up against Tommy and Tommy was very much you know the the bigger blunt force trauma guy
0: yeah talk about Tommy. How did he come across as an actor? Well, I mean, he rough. And I could tell as I was watching him, I'm like, this guy just seems like, you know, he's rough where I just don't buy him that well as an actor. He's very, he's a very one note sort of guy. You know, he's eager and he's angry. And that seemed to be kind of it. And I uh, looking afterward, I'm like, oh, he's an actual boxer. I really shouldn't be surprised that that's that's who he is because it comes across that way i surprisingly i didn't end up hating the character i thought i would after i met him i'm like oh this guy's gonna drive me nuts but in the end i was like you know i didn't hate the character i actually thought he was kind of interesting i just wish that there was um more strength there with how he was written because there were some scenes like when he's sitting at the dinner table with them and he goes off on this awful story about how he. Was raised <laughs> yeah and I was like okay this probably isn't good dinner table conversation um, but you know, whatever uh, I'm not gonna you know get in on them for that but I just I, but I, I wanted stuff like that to be taken somewhere. And yeah. it never was. And that's that what that's what ended up frustrating me. Because I again I really appreciated that this there's this side of Rocky that wanted to um take this kid under his wing and and mentor him to be the next great fighter. But the script never got me there. And I wanted to see some of the struggles and some of the emotional breakdowns that that Tommy was having. And it just it you know, I, I think whether Stallone didn't write it there because he knew that Tommy, the, the real boxer, didn't have the acting chops to actually deliver, or if he, his screenwriting was just not in a place to get there in the first place, I don't know. It just wasn't there, and I really wanted it to be. Well,
1: here's what Stallone says on Morrison. He says, it was a real trial by fire for Tommy. The last thing he expected was that he would be the centerpiece of Rocky Five. but the kid's a natural actor. And uh, mm. it is said that Stallone then went back to the script because he was so impressed by Morrison's progress in early shoots that he rewrote major sections to place more focus on Balboa's relationship
0: with the protege. Interesting.
1: Yeah. And and I think I just think that is um, that's one of those things that maybe uh, maybe just is is dated. Like maybe had we seen this together on the big screen uh, back in 1990, this would be a thing, a a different conversation. You know, maybe the the weight of time and culture and expectations of film have have taken its toll on Tommy's performance. But um, it is. Uh, I I have some trouble with it, too. I don't think I have as much trouble with it as you do, but I do have some trouble with it. He was, uh, as we said, he was a real-life boxer. He was undefeated at the time of casting in this movie, and he did go on to win the WBO heavyweight title in 93, um, uh, just three years after this. Um, uh, In fact, Union Kane, uh, the other character in the the other boxer, his other opponent, in the movie is played by michael anthony williams and uh, he was also a, a real life heavyweight uh, boxer and there was a rumor at the time uh of rocky five's release that they were going to hold the real cane versus gun match and actually put you know tommy and and uh, and williams in the in the ring together and hold a real uh match out of it but uh williams was
0: apparently injured the the thing was the fight was canceled and never actually came to be um, he's he's an interesting guy i mean you look at his boxing record and i mean he had 52 matches and he only lost three and had one ended in a draw really solid career that yeah. lasted uh, uh for 20 years and um well yeah mo- not quite 20 years i mean he actually ended up having to um stop boxing because he ended up with, uh, uh, he was HIV positive and right. that kind of ended his career in 96. So about eight years after he started. Um, and, uh, but I mean, most of his matches were in that time. He only had a couple matches, um, in the two thousands that I think were more just kind of, um, uh, just for show. But, mm-hmm. uh, he, he ended up having a really rough time after uh getting hiv and then he ended up his last year was really rough and uh, he uh died in uh in uh, 2013 2000. the age yeah. of 44
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a, that was a tough road for for Tommy Morrison. Uh, I think his performance was was better than history has dictated so far for this movie. It was not as frustrating for me. I enjoyed the kind of mentor uh, the protege relationship that they that they tried to build up. It put Stallone, it put Rocky in a different light, uh, and in many ways, it it was sort of um, a, a beta test for what ultimately you know came comes out of the series later. That that I'm eager to see again for for Rocky's character, you know, and yeah. Adrian's
0: restaurant and uh, all kinds of things. So, to come. well, well, speaking of, of Rocky, we should just talk about Stallone a little bit and, and his performance, um, because it's it, he had some interesting stuff that he brought in here with the brain damage, which I was yeah. surprised to kind of see in this. I, I wasn't expecting that to pop up in this film. As something that would be the thing that kept him from from boxing
1: yeah it it was interesting right it was something that they uh, not only did they plant it they actually kind of made good on it right that he was it was something that they've sort of danced with in in prior movies that you know he's going to go blind he can't box he's he's sick he can't box uh but he ultimately always ends up boxing and in this he ends up fighting too but the motivation seems stronger to pull him over the hump of knowing that he's got this brain damage
0: yeah i mean you did you buy it I. I buy that uh, that he is suffering this brain damage. I, I actually thought that they did some nice little playing with the camera just a few times to kind of give you that sense of... Uh, that that diegetic sense of we're kind of seeing what he's seeing. And it just... it worked for me. I, I really liked that. I thought that... Um, it was an interesting story point. Actually, it's funny because um, years later, uh, he actually... I think he ended up saying that the uh, the this sort of damage that he ended up having here uh it's not as potentially lethal as they make it out to be in this film. Um he discussed with many professionals afterward and it's a much milder form of brain damage, more like just a concussion and it would not stop him from boxing and it would not kill him. So um and I guess it might be even something that they bring up in the next film. So I'm curious about that now.
1: Well, then on, on that note, we should probably talk about the original ending because that they they take that head on. Uh, original ending of, of Rocky V, Rocky is actually killed during this street fight with Tommy Gunn, and he ends up dying in Adrian's arms. Uh, would that have been a more rewarding uh, uh, end to this film?
0: I agree with Stallone in his choice in the end he said um, uh, he and the studio had second thoughts he rewrote it saying that he decided to change it because Rocky was supposed to be about perseverance and redemption and having him die in a street brawl would be against the roots of the series I read that and I'm like yeah that that's exactly how I would have felt if Rocky died at the end of this I would have felt like not only does he hate his characters now he hates me too (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then you learn he's hated you all along, he's
0: hated me all along,,
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, oh dear. Well, I'm not sure I took it quite so hard, but uh, I agree with you. I think that was the right way to do it. And I'm not of the cynical note, right? I mean, you know, you read about uh, some of the critical reviews of this thing are, are super cynical. They're all like, oh, yeah, he changed the changed the screenplay at the very end. So that because he, he realized, oh, my God, the money train, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to oh, need to keep yeah. the door open for for more movies. And that's just I, I feel like that's super disingenuous and just, you know, low hanging fruit. Critically, the guy, you know, by the time this movie um, hit, uh, you know, he was he was just off of First Blood Part Two. Right. I mean, he was he was fine. This Rambo was not a, uh, you know, a uh, it, it was not the franchise, the only franchise that was going to keep this guy, uh, you know, uh, afloat. Uh, you know, h- hell, we hadn't even had a breath of cliffhanger yet. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh right, yeah. anyhow,
1: anyhow. I I really think it was the best decision for the character and uh it it, it opens the door for an interesting future for Balboa and uh, and I think that's I think that's a good thing.
0: Well, and I think in a franchise about a boxer, I think to me it makes sense that it is something you deal with because it is something boxers deal with. They're getting punched mm-hmm. constantly. When you talk about how strong people like uh, drago can hit you know over two thousand pounds per square inch or whatever and that's hitting you in the face yes you're going to get brain damage and the fact that it is something that they're looking at and you he really plays it up here like there are conversations mm-hmm. he has with his son where i'm like man he is clearly a brain damaged individual because he's yeah. not all there uh it but it, it works and and those are elements that i actually liked and i appreciated that they were in here And then we have Mickey. Yeah. Okay. Mickey. What do you think of old Mickey? Oh, this was, Oh, okay. Go for it. I, uh, I guess in, uh, in retrospect, after reading about what we could have had with Mickey, I guess I'm glad that this is all we ended up having with Mickey. (laughs) Um, it's actually, this was this, I mean, you said it right in the beginning, this was the stuff with Mickey that we've been needing all along. Like, you know, he got so much recognition for his uh, performance in the first couple films, but he needed a speech like this. He needed that moment and he never had it. And that's what was frustrating for me with him in those earlier films. This is kind of that speech that he has to his character. That's kind of giving him the encouragement that he needs and, and kind of has that, he passes the. The emblem over to him with the little necklace. And, and like those were the things that we had been wanting. And, mm-hmm. uh, I thought, okay, the last place I was expecting it to be was in a flashback in the fifth movie. That was a very strange choice, but I liked it and I'm glad that at least we had it. Now, what's interesting <laughs> to me is that they actually shot additional scenes with Mickey. Who would have appeared as a ghost on top of the railway bridge uh, at the very end during the fight, cheering Rocky (laughs) on and and giving him words of encouragement. Uh, That is what we could have had. And it so makes wait. me wonder if Rocky <laughs> died, would he and Mickey be like force ghosts sitting yes. up on top of the <laughs> yes. railway bridge yes. together
1: for Creed? For Creed, that's what <laughs> right. we could have had is a whole history, and everybody's there, right? right. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have up. Uh, we've got Apollo, and now we've got Mickey, and we've got Balboa, and um, uh, Tommy. By then, uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's very dark, but it's just it's all ghosts. It's all ghosts. ghosts. Patrick Swayze would probably be there too. He comes in and out. <laughs> it's a shared universe. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the roadhouse. Yeah. I got no reason to go on. But with you, kid.
0: Boy, I got a reason to go on. And I'm going to stay alive. And I will watch you make good.
1: And I'll never leave you. And I'll never leave you until that happens. Because... When I leave you, you'll not only know how to fight; you'll be able to take care of yourself outside the ring, too. Is that okay? It's
0: okay. Okay. Now, I got- talking about uh, this film, we have left left out a big uh, a big person who was responsible, and that's the director John G. Avildsen, who's returning to the franchise after yeah. directing the first one. And i I think our conversation says everything about the fact that he returned to this franchise. It doesn't even feel like he did anything. That was what was so strange to me, is I I forgot he even directed this. I watched this film, and it felt so much like some of the stuff that Stallone had done in the last couple films that I'm like, I got to the end, and I'm like, oh yeah, Avildsen directed this. Where was anything (laughs) that told me that he directed this? Wow. You know,
1: I I feel like you might be a little bit uh, hard on it i feel like it, it, it felt more it, it definitely felt like a return to form to me to the first film it it felt like it was of a family uh in a way that uh that the last several films have just felt like uh much more kind of energetic you know uh forces of light and and sound uh this film uh felt uh, You know, a little bit more meditative on some bigger issues. And I think early in the film, we get that more than than toward the end. And I'm you know, I think that the way Avildsen handles, um, you know, the family losing everything, the conversations with the lawyers, the the opening sequence where, uh, you know, Polly and. Uh, Adrian are having their fight about you know Polly giving away accidentally signing power of attorney over to the accountant. I find is both you know heartbreaking and delightful. Um, you know I just I just really like the way that works and that he ends up saying Look what you've done! Now you brought Rocky into this. He ends up blaming her you know again uh, for something that uh, that he had done and and I just like the way that that whole story was sort of approached. Uh, on on film. It felt like, uh, as I said, a return to form for Avelton. It, it did not hold up for me over the course of the film. I think it became much more a Stallone film, um, you know, uh,
0: after that sort of middle point. But I didn't see anything that Avelton. <laughs> it didn't seem like an Avelton film to me at all.
1: <laughs> oh, you're tough. Audience. We've got the priest, I knew it like was the be priest there.
0: at the fight blessing him. Yeah. Oh, boy. That was I all like Stallone. None, none I, of that. See, Ugh. Yeah, I didn't like that. I
1: didn't like that in the neighborhood. I didn't like that in Rocky One. I feel like that was that's the I don't I never it saw Rocky the title Was it Rocky Two or Rocky Two? Was that where he had to go to the window? Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. Didn't care for that a bit. And, and I feel like that's a that's a weird character thing that he keeps throwing in here about that that somehow you know Rocky is is you know such a man of faith that he has to run up the street to the to the priests. Uh, but then that's the only bit that, that demonstrates he's a man of faith. Like, I just don't see that anywhere else carried through the film and, uh, or
0: any of the films. I, I do think it's interesting. This, this is something I don't know if I attribute to Stallone or Avildsen, but Jodi Letitia, who she was the street kid, Marie in the original Rocky, she was supposed to actually reprise her role here. Her character was actually supposed to grow up to be a prostitute, just like Rocky predicted she would. And uh, that would have been an interesting character piece here that would have felt maybe something that I, I th- think Abelson could have done. They ended up cutting the scene, um, although I guess she's still in it. She's, uh, you know, in the, during the street fight, she, you can see her somewhere in the crowd. Um, but I am looking forward to her because apparently her character will be in Rocky Balboa. Yeah, I oh, can confirm it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm curious to see that now. That'll be interesting.
1: Well, I, I, I have something else to share with you, which I, I think is interesting because in in that film, uh, you know, in that shot, that, that scene was shot or that that you know sequence yeah, was right. shot yeah, of just, her as right. a prostitute. But and you can see it on uh, uh apparently in this uh this documentary, which I think is a Kickstarter campaign right now. Um and I'm trying to see if it's actually been done. It's called King of the Underdogs. It's the Avildsen author authorized documentary uh, that goes into the behind the scenes of Rocky and Karate Kid. It was released in August 2017. Oh, there it was yes, it was released in August 2017. It made twenty nine thousand dollars of a twenty thousand dollar Kickstarter goal, and they made this movie, so you can actually see the behind the scenes of of what this character, um, you know, had going for in in this movie. The the shots that ended up cut. Which I think says a lot about Avildsen's approach to the film versus, you know, and Stallone's hand. It just feels to me like that was something that uh, that that would have been more important to him to show the the tapestry of Philly at this time and use her character in this way. Her character is not portrayed in this light in the next movie.
0: Oh, interesting. Uh, Do you want to talk about the music? I don't really have much to say about the music. Other than the fact that at least Bill Conti was back. It felt like Rocky music again. Um, it did. Even if we have to listen to a marching band proving that, you know, the, they've continued pointing out that this Rocky theme is actually in-universe because it's become diegetic music. It's, that's a little <laughs> crazy. but it's uh, too much. Yeah. It's just too much. But, you know, to the to the point of the scores, it is it is very much um, and the, the score feels of its time, which I think is fine. And I think uh, also the music is of its time. And I think that's fine. It it fits the, the time where it, it, it happened. MC Hammer popping in there. Sure. It was mm-hmm. something that was mm-hmm. big in the 90s, uh, just like some of the 70s stuff that they had. Like Frank Stallone, Elton John, <laughs> you know, OK, Elton John. So this song, The Measure of a Man, uh, Alan Menken wrote it and I listened to it. And I'm like, yeah, this is actually not a bad song. And then I saw, oh, Alan Menken wrote it. And of course, this was just like right on the cusp of all the stuff that he would be doing for Disney. Or it was like right at the beginning because Little Mermaid was right before this. Um, right. It, it, it fits right perfectly in with all of the stuff that Alan Menken would be doing for Disney for the next several years and it feels like exactly a disney song and to that end it it was kind of a, an odd choice i think for this it in a way it felt kind of like what would have happened to rocky four if peter satara's song uh, glory of love ended it instead of cry to kid 2 but um I, but you know I don't know. I uh, I liked the song. I was surprised. And I've heard it before, but I didn't know that this is where it was from.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. See, that's another little win for this movie. <laughs> I hope that I hope that's uh, worth at least half a star.
0: Uh, well, I guess you'll we'll have to wait.
1: <laughs> we talked about uh, in the past movies that we said we'd come back to is the statue, uh, the Rocky Balboa statue, um, mm. which, you know, at the time that we talked about it, it had been moved over to the arena, which then was torn down. Right. Uh, and so what are they going to do with it? That was the cliffhanger was. Yes, was, it was. What are they going to do with the with the big statue? Uh, well, as it turns out, they did move the statue back to the museum. Uh, and I, I do love that uh, that bit. You know, I didn't even know there were pictures in here. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> uh, there uh, they moved it back to the museum, but they did not move it to the top of the stairs. Instead, they have a uh, they put an imprint in the uh um, in the top of the stairs it's the uh, there's there's a rocky style converse sneaker footprint uh, with the name Rocky uh, above them and so you can see that at the top of the stairs the statue itself is at the bottom right it's in kind of a grassy area at the bottom right of the stairs now but it is still there uh, and uh, for this movie they did move it back up to the top of the stairs for the for the sequence here um, uh, with his son uh, and then uh, temporarily and then they put it back down in the in the yard
0: so there you go yep cliffhanger resolved now it's all yeah it's all down here from here let's talk about awards oh yes this film uh was not well loved it was uh it it did have nine nominations (laughs) seven of which were razzie nominations the non-razzies one was the the kind of the blu-ray box set that i've talked about one of the other shows um, but sage stallone actually was nominated at the young artist awards uh for for best child actor he did lose to macaulay culkin for home alone and i can absolutely see why he would lose there that's that's a tough matchup over at the razzies <laughs> oh dear this is actually possibly my most uh the the, the razzy nominations i've enjoyed the most <laughs> to look at <laughs> it's it's a funny year of razzies um Okay, it it was nominated for seven. It did not win any Razzies, but um, there's this film, "Ghosts Can't Do It." Pete, have you ever heard of that film? Uh no, Andy, I I've not. You you I'm have nervous. you have <laughs> what nervous. you call a six star rule over on IMDb, Pete. I, Ghosts I do. Ghosts can't. Yeah, where if, if it's under six stars, <laughs> it's it's probably not going to be that great. "Ghosts Can't right. Do It" has a two point three. <laughs> which is super low wow that's really this is the this is the that feels like
1: the six star corollary (laughs) kicks in like once it's below three stars you're
0: obligated to watch it (laughs) i almost want to i almost want to there's this uh so so john derrick directed it uh he directed a number of films that his wife beau derrick starred in this is one of them right this is the story Elder, Elderly Scott kills himself after a heart attack wrecks his body, but then comes back as a ghost and convinces his loving, young, hot wife, Kate, to pick up and kill a young man in order for Scott to possess his body and be with her again. Okay. That's the film. Ghosts can't do it, Pete. Okay. Doesn't sound great. It doesn't sound great. Um, it, It's okay. Best picture nomination or, you know, worst picture, however you're going to say at the Razzies. Ghost Can't Do It beat out Rocky V. It took the best uh, picture, worst picture nominee. <laughs> it took the worst picture award. Okay. Uh, Stallone was nominated for uh for worst actor. Uh the uh actually nobody from Ghost Can't Do It was nominated for that. He lost to Andrew Dice Clay in The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, another interesting film that came out this yeah. year. <laughs> Do you have a memory we, of that movie? I I didn't care for it. I, I never watched <laughs> it. I saw the trailer and I'm like, I have no interest in that. Yeah, no interest in that. Yeah, that was a good choice. Yeah, um, Talia Shire was nominated for worst actress. She lost to Bo Derek for Ghost Can't Do It. Bo Derek. I'm wow. I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip the supporting actor and come back to that one. Uh, <laughs> best director or worst director? I keep saying that. Worst director. John Derek uh, took that for Ghost Can't Do It, uh, beating out John G. <sighs> Ableton uh the screenplay stallone lost the screenplay to um to again uh this is the adventures of fort fairlane so okay i i'm i i weirdly am curious about watching all of these movies now for some strange reason <laughs> i don't know why it, but the adventures of fort fairlane did in fact beat out ghost can't do it for worse screenplay <laughs> Okay, uh, and just and for you, Pete, it also beat out Graffiti Bridge.
1: <gasps>
0: I oh, that's I, a, I feel
1: like we dodged a <laughs> bullet on that. <laughs> I've been really
0: sad. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Oh, uh, uh, original song, "The Measure of Man." This makes me sad a little bit that Alan Menken would get a Razzie nomination. Yeah, uh, worst song, but <laughs> lost to the song from the film, Repossessed. He's coming back. The devil. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I
0: have no idea what that is, but I really want to, uh, I really want to listen to it now. This is the, um, the spoof by the, uh, um, I don't actually know if it's by the same team who did the airplane movies. Um, Bob Logan wrote and directed it, but it is that vein of, uh, Leslie Nielsen spoof movies. This is the yeah. one where he, it's him and Linda Blair and it's a spoof on the exorcist. So anyway, that's, <laughs> that wow. was that one, uh, one for worst song. And then coming back around to worst supporting actor, Burt Young was nominated. Um, but sadly, <laughs> sadly, he lost to Donald Trump. That's right. <laughs> our president has a Razzie <laughs> award. <laughs> and it's for a cameo. It's only a cameo that he did oh. in the film Ghosts Can't Do It.
1: <laughs> wow. I,
0: I don't know why no. I love this so much. I really <laughs> want to watch this movie. It has to be horrible. <laughs>
1: You gotta be careful you don't want to mess up any potential ndas that have been signed we, we're not allowed to bad right. mouth any of these <laughs> oh,
0: oh, oh wow. wow wow yeah yep so okay that uh that's that one yeah this was the year of uh the bonfire of There's the vanities a gra- had a number of nominations i already mentioned graffiti graffiti bit, bridge um yeah it's uh it's an interesting... Great, it was a great yeah. year for the Razzies. What a great year for the Razzies. Yeah. Oh, and uh, so I Coppola, this is when she won her Razzie the <laughs> same year. Because, <laughs> right, for, uh, for oh. Godfather. She beat out... Uh, she actually beat out Donald Trump for this Razzie. He got two nominations. <laughs> this was for Worst New Star. He was nominated for, for Worst New Star in Ghost Can't Do It, along with Leo Damian in Ghost Can't Do It. Uh, so, you know, they, they, they split the votes, giving it to Sophie. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, uh, Graffiti Bridge a, got nominated a, for that. Ingrid Chavez, she, she lost to Sophia Coppola. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good I would be I would be much more depressed
1: right now and I mean if if that whole election of, of supporting actor wasn't prescient of, of things to come who knew? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay well Andy, I feel <sighs> like uh, you're gonna need to tell us uh, a little bit about
0: the box office. Allison returned to the franchise with a budget of 42 million which is about 77.3 million in today's dollars. Rocky 5 was released on November 16th, 1990, opposite Home Alone and The Rescuers Down Under. Guess which ones I was at, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the movie opened in the number two spot, but did not do as well as its predecessors, not uh, doing as well with critics or audiences, and falling out of the top ten in week five. It doesn't mean it was a flop. It still made 40.9 million domestically and 79 million everywhere else, giving it a total gross in today's dollars of 220.7 million. But it did have the worst return for any of the films thus far. In fact, it earned 180 million less than its predecessor. It landed with an adjusted profit per finish minute of 1.3 million. It still is a moneymaker, but it's not the finale Stallone and team were hoping for.
1: You know, at this point, I get the feeling that this these movies. Uh, I, I think it's almost better to look at them as thought experiments. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we have this character that was that was well set up in the first and second movie, and from from then on out, we're presented with this sort of scape. Here is a here here's what's going, what we're going to do with this character next, and here's what we're we're just going to look at him more as just experiments. What happens if? Uh, and and that's where we are. And for me, with this movie, we get to see him in a particular stage in a particular place uh, confronted with a set of experiences that I think is is worth just seeing how would Rocky you know what would Rocky do and uh, <laughs> and and in that respect I still have a good time at this movie and I find my experience with it was better than my experience with Rocky Four. this is an improvement over the last movie for me and, uh, and and I I'm excited to see how you end up ranking it I feel like I know.
0: Well, it will be interesting. It will be interesting.
1: Head over to flickchart.com slash the next reel and you'll see all the movies that we've talked about on this show. If you tap flickchart in the show notes, uh, that should
0: take you right over to this very film where you can add it to your catalog and see how it stacks up against ours. First up, Rocky 5 or Romeo and Juliet. I am going with Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, I think I think I'd go with Romeo and Juliet, too. Uh, Did we go with was Rocky 4
1: above? I can't remember. Was Rocky 4 above Romeo and Juliet? I feel, uh, like I, then, don't I feel like I, don't I, I
0: already regret this, but okay. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Rocky 5 or The Element 5, a.k.a. The Fifth Element? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know what movie we were talking about. Did I miss <laughs> a week? Uh, should I say The Fifth uh, Rocky or The Fifth Element? How's I'm going to say The Fifth Element. Yes, that's better. The Fifth Element. please. <laughs> I'm going to say Fifth Element. Sweet. Rocky 5 or Giant? Um, go I'll say giant. Rocky 5. All right, let's here we go. duke. Let's duke them out. I wish we had gloves that would explode in fireworks uh, for this one, but <laughs> alas, we only have rock, paper, scissors. Uh, alas, yes. Here we go. <laughs> All right, one, one two, two, three, three scissors. Paper. Hmm, well, I that cut sucks. you up. Rocky five or two thousand ten. I will actually take Rocky five here. All right, I'll, I'll take that. Rocky five or the dead zone. I'm going with Stephen King for me. Uh, I'll go with
1: uh, I'll go with Rocky Five. How's that?
0: Wow! let's, okay. let's do it again. All right, one, one two, two, three, three. scissors. <laughs> I almost <laughs> said rock-y. rocky. Yeah, right. You would have lost. You would have lost. I would have. That would have been a disqualification. TKO. Rocky Five or the Danish Girl. The Danish Girl for me. I'm torn because I feel like my interest in ever rewatching The Danish Girl is like at a maybe a 0.5%. <laughs> so I guess I'm debating. I'm like, would I rather suffer through Rocky Five again? Uh, or would I rather actually go watch The Danish Girl? I mean, The Danish Girl has great performances. So I guess for no other reason, I should go with that. But weirdly, I feel like I'm going to say Rocky Five here. Isn't that weird? Why am I doing this? Who am I? Uh, such <laughs> drama.
1: Oh, I if, <laughs> if you say Rocky five, I'm going to change up my vote for you. I will
0: support you in that. OK, Rocky five. It is. All right. Rocky five or the blob with the McQueen. I'm going with the blob. I'm definitely going with Rocky five. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Here, Here we, go. we go. One, One two, two, three. three. Papers. Scissors. Oh, are you kidding me?
0: Uh, why this film but miss- not
1: 2001
0: exactly. where were you <laughs> <laughs> uh, rocky five or manhunt i'm gonna go with uh, fritz lang's manhunt i will also give you manhunt <laughs> rocky five mostly because i'm exhausted <laughs> rocky five or battle for the planet of the apes i'm gonna go with the apes as problematic uh, as that film is, I'll still take it.
1: Yeah, I think I'm still, uh, I think I'm still Rocky Five. Here we go.
0: Okay. Give it one more shot. Let's, this right, is go. not going to be a
1: shutout. Not on my
0: watch. <laughs> all right. One, one, two, two, three, three.
1: Rock. Paper. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> of all films, that's the one. Oh, well. my <laughs> God. Rocky 5 landed at 361 out of 391. So it, uh, it it went pretty low. That's about an 8% on our chart. Well, that's terrible.
1: <laughs> that's <is> genuinely terrible. <laughs> uh I you know, I okay, I don't feel very good about that. I feel, I'm I now am genuinely curious how did it do on your own chart? Because uh, my sense is, after this the, this grueling uh, race to the bottom, that you probably allowed it to
0: go even further. It did go even further, Pete. It did. Oh dear, it's not at the bottom, but it landed at three thousand eight hundred thirteen out of four thousand ninety five, and it, that's that puts it at a seven percent on my chart. Oh. So it's one oh. percent lower than it was here, and that's it. Says it's about a half star, but I I feel like. It warrants a star. So there's that extra half star you wanted me to throw in.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Well, for me, it ended up at 649 uh, out of 1058, which is about a 39%. And, you know, if I go by the algorithm uh, and uh, take that over to letterbox.com slash the next reel, that should be a two star. Uh, And you know what? Uh, In honor of our conversation tonight, I'm going to give it two and a half
0: stars. Uh, for Rocky Five uh, wow. and a heart. Yeah. And Look a heart. At that. Oh, go for it. I am not giving it a heart. <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> I, I, it, I, no, it was, there is so problematic. I appreciated so much of what he was trying to do here, but he just needed to, you know, Stallone says he did this one for the money. He said he was greedy and I see it. And it was a very frustrating experience for me. So there you go. Well, I,
1: uh, you know, I see it too, and good on him. Well done. You <laughs> cashed in. <laughs> I this watching this movie though actually made me go back to Rocky Four, and as much as as I got excited about the sort of exhilarating parts, I had to re rank it after watching this movie. This was not the same film uh, that I remembered, and I I had to go back to it and put them in in a, a more honorable order. Uh, and in fact, Rocky Five is is now above Rocky Four on my own list. Uh, wow. So, yeah. Uh, so we'll see. We'll kind of see because, uh, you know, we got another one coming up next week. Uh, where do we go from here?
0: We are going to be jumping forward the largest jump this franchise has taken thus far. It's going forward 16 years to 2006's Rocky Balboa yeah what do you know about this one I know that this is the one that Stallone says that he wished that he did when he made this film (laughs) that's all I know
1: yeah and Uh. uh, you know I think it was uh, uh, you know as much as we're not allowed to look at Rotten Tomatoes I think Rocky 5 came in at at a at a a, a, a 22 or something ridiculous like that and Rocky Balboa ends up at uh, a 77 so 77% fresh and and that's pretty telling like this this movie in 2006 was something that that people as it turns out were interested in seeing uh and so i can't wait to see to see what you think of it yeah i'm looking forward to it it certainly is it is it brings us into the now it is the most modern of the rocky movies and and uh uh, i i think in that regard um it it may be
0: the most relatable after rocky well, everybody, if you would like to hear more of us, but you can't wait until next week's show, check out our new show, The Marvel Movie Minute. We're talking about the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time, starting with 2008's Iron Man. You can support that show and all of our shows over on slash the next And you can get access to our exclusive members only weekend show, The Saturday Matinee. When the movie ends, our conversation begins.
1: Amazon giveth Andrew.
0: Yes, they do because the kids did not. Pete, the the kids did not. They they didn't. It turns out <laughs> uh,
1: the kids didn't <laughs> like this movie either. So we moved back over to Amazon because we we found uh, gold in them there hills. Uh, I I don't know about you. I mine I have to do in character. Do you have a character to deliver? You got to do it. Play a part. Maybe I I do. Uh, sure. Okay uh well would you like to do the honors sure and, and you need sure. to set us up like who is your character who are you playing who will you
0: be playing tonight tonight the part uh, of who? The, the night tonight the part of sammy miller jr will be okay. played by me andy nelson sammy miller jr all right all right five star present for dad from sammy miller jr My name is Sammy Miller Jr. and I purchased Rocky 5 for my dad, Sammy Miller Sr. He loves the Rocky movies. He has all of them now. Thanks to Amazon helping me finish his collection. Thanks, Amazon.
1: (laughs) He's a shill.
0: He's a shill for Amazon.
1: (laughs) I didn't know. I guess I did. I'm too naive. I didn't even know they did that. That's fantastic. You know, I for your Facebook. I'll pay you 20 book, bucks to look in your closet these days. You should probably look them up, Sammy. <laughs> uh okay, uh mine uh, I actually have to uh try to embody Rocky himself. oh okay. Wow. Uh it's from Johnny Bottom in 2000. Johnny just Bottoms? Bottom, just one. Oh, so a- just bottom. <laughs> just one bottom. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh Uh, "'Yo, Adrian, it it hurts to think. Uh, "'I'm a Rocky, see? "'I I just don't know when to call it quits. "'I got nothing better to do, see? "'There really is a white boy boxer. I'll, "'I'll train him.' Don't worry about the ending here, uh, folks. Uh, me and Tommy will be back. I'm gonna train him to fight Chewbacca in, in Star Wars Episode Two, which will really be Rocky Six, which some will mistake as Rambo Four. Between you and me, it's really, really Cobra Two. Come on, give me a break. See my movie. I never could act, and Planet Hollywood's going under. Help a brother out. <laughs> A, I can't believe I had to had to do that terrible terrible impression for four whole uh, lines. That was tough. That
0: was good though.
1: Chewbacca <laughs> in Star Wars. Oh. Uh, it's really really Cobra cool, too. That's what we missed. I think if you that's what we need to do next time is just look at what the movie is oh, intending to be before we start reviewing. Is what it is. That'll help you I- out.
0: I should have thought about that, yes.
1: (laughs) I'm kind of hankering for some Planet Hollywood right now. (laughs) Wow. Thanks, Amazon.